This is the Nourishing Amy podcast and I am your host, Amy Rankin. I'm an emotional intelligence and well-being coach and a mum, and I am here to help you to find your sparkle again. We are going to chat about mindset, mum life, self-development, calling yourself out when you need to because life isn't perfect, right? And basically learning to become a happier version of you. Think of this as your time for you. I'm here to help you understand yourself more, feel less overwhelmed and more self-confident and to navigate the ups and downs of life. If you're ready for all of that and more, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nourishing Amy podcast. I am Amy and it is so good to have you here. Today we are going to be talking about a big topic it's self-worth and we're going to be talking about self-esteem and basically like your sense of self, what that is, your self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence, like all of those things. But before I dive into that, I want to say welcome, welcome back. Maybe also welcome back for me as well. It's been a few months, five months to be precise, and I'm not going to do a big deep dive into it, but we have been very, very sick in our household. We've had the big COVID, um, myself and the kids had that. And then about two months after that, I have only just recently gotten over influenza. It's just been a time, but I was having a look back at my episode before this one, episode 122. And I find it so funny and ironic that it was all about feeling like you've lost yourself in motherhood and how to, you know, move through that. And so interesting that I, unaware to me, was about to go through that exact thing. And I just, everything in my life had to get put on hold, literally everything, except for like the bare minimum for work and showing up for my absolutely beautiful, amazing clients, which was fantastic. Of course, I still love my clients and love working together with them. But every, all the other like extra life stuff, it just had to get put on hold for a few months. But it's also the first week of spring here today, if you're listening from Australia, which I know a lot of my listeners are, which is really cool. I just think like the timing of starting to really feel myself again after, I mean, I would even say just after having Lila, I know that I've spoken previously about postnatal depression and being on medication for that and that like obviously noticing that that got quite a lot worse after having Lila compared to the experience that I had with postnatal depression after Ollie and working through that and that obviously being a big you know thing in my life and our family there's just been like a lot of stuff that's happened in the last year Lila is a little bit over a year old now And I found there was a lot of comparison coming up for me, comparing my postpartum journey second time around to my postpartum journey with Ollie first time around. And I mean, like, I don't know, it probably like when I take a step back, I'm like, yeah, of course it's harder. You have two kids now, not just one. Like you have two people that need you and now two toddlers, which is wild. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I don't know. I I don't actually know what I expected, but it wasn't this and here we are. So I'm definitely going to be sharing a little bit more about my journey moving through all of that when I feel ready. But 
like I said for today, let's really start to talk about our sense of self, what that looks like and what that feels like for you, what the difference is between self-worth, self-esteem and self-confidence. I'm going to talk about how society normally measures self-worth and then I'm going to actually talk you through six different ideas for how to start to focus on increasing your self-worth. Now this is actually, I'm going to be talking you through a workshop that I did with the coaching company that I work at, BU Happiness College. So we run live workshop sessions as well. So of course, like I just said, we have our one-on-one coaching sessions with our clients, but we also have live workshops on different topics that we run with our clients as well. And this is one of them that I presented a few months ago and I am really, really passionate about it. I loved it so much. I thought I have to share it with you guys on the podcast just to give you a little insight into the different things that we can talk about, the things that you can be learning uh, if you were, say, for example, to be intrigued and interested in doing some coaching sessions with me. Also to give you an idea of, yeah, like the topics and the ways in which a workshop would be structured and all of that kind of stuff. Now, oh, I've got a recommendation actually before I dive into that. Oh my gosh, I can't forget. So I don't know if I might be a little bit late onto this train because quite a few people have recommended it to me over the last few weeks. So I feel like maybe I'm a little bit late, but my recommendation this week is a book and it's called The Fourth Wing. And I actually was reading a review of it over the weekend from an influencer that I follow. And I was like, wow, she's really explained that so perfectly. She said that it's like the perfect mix of Harry Potter and I think she said Fifty Shades of Grey, which look like I was not a fan of Fifty Shades of Grey, not necessarily because of like the storyline itself, but just I couldn't get into the actual writing and I wasn't a fan of the writer herself in those particular books. But it's such a good book and yeah, it's definitely not my like normal reading but it's so good and I'm definitely hooked. Like I'm hooked in, I think on my Kindle last night, it was saying I'm maybe about 40% of the way through and I'm really getting to that point that I'm like really looking forward to go to bed every night. I think I was in bed at like 8 p.m. last night after the kids had gone down because I just wanted to lay down and read my book for like an hour before I went to sleep. So that's my recommendation and I'm loving it. If you do read it, let me know. Maybe tag me over on Instagram. If you have read it already, let me know and let me know what you think. Um, But yes, let's jump into self-worth and what it actually is. Now, with every workbook and workshop that I run, so with every workshop, you also get a workbook and I include some type of like quote or something to kind of ponder on that kind of describes the general gist or the vibe of what we're going to be talking about in each workshop. So the quote that I've got today, it's a pretty long one, but I think it's really powerful. So it says, the only one who gets to decide your worth is you. It doesn't come from your bank account or the number of friends you have. It doesn't come from what somebody else says that you are worth. And it doesn't come from a number on the scale or the number of nights you go out. It's called self-worth for a reason. Your worth comes from you. It comes from you being yourself and being proud of who you are. It comes from being someone you can count on and someone that you love. Because when it comes down to it, the numbers will change, but what won't change is who you are deep inside. Beautiful, limitless, wonderful, creative, strong, capable. 
And that is where your worth comes from. Like, I actually have goosebumps reading that because I'm like, it's so true. And I think we can get so caught up in the stuff of life and like the labels that we have, the things we think we should be doing, that we need to be doing, that we should have all of that stuff, all of the things that surround us. And at the end of the day, it comes down to you. Like it says, it's called self for a reason. Your worth comes from you. Being proud of who you are, being someone you can count on and being someone that you love. And I feel like this episode could go in so many different tangents. Like this could be three or four other episodes after this because we could expand so much on this. Like, okay, so what does it look like for me to be someone that I can count on? What does it look like for me to be someone that I can love, that I trust? And I know I see quite a bit around, and I don't know if it's like Pinterest or Instagram, but there's like a few quotes that have been floating around about the idea of being able to really trust yourself and that that's really related to following through with the things that you say that you're going to do, knowing who you are, knowing the things that you like, knowing the things that help you to feel really good and feel like the best version of you, even if that's like small little habits or routines that you have throughout your days, but sticking to those things, even when you feel like you don't really want to, even when it feels like it's going to be hard because you are the only one at the end of the day, ultimately that you can fully, completely rely on. And to show up for yourself regularly shows you that love, shows you that respect, shows you that you can trust yourself. So anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent. I wasn't going to talk about that today, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. So with all of that being said, let's have a look at the different types of self. So we have, sorry, I'm still, I still had a little residual (laughs) cough from being sick. Uh, So we have self-worth to start off with. So let's have a look at the definition for self-worth. So this is your sense of value. It is the belief that you are important and lovable. It's really your innate worth and worthiness as a human being. It's feeling and knowing that you are a good person and you deserve to be treated with respect. Not only are you important in your own life, but you feel important in others' lives as well. So I love that. I love that definition of self-worth. Let's look at the difference now and we'll have a look at self-esteem. So self-esteem, this is more surface level. Self-esteem is how you think and feel about yourself. Developing higher self-esteem can also develop a higher level of self-worth. So they're similar but different. Self-esteem can fluctuate over time. Some days you might find your self-esteem feels higher if you're having a good day or doing an activity that you feel more confident doing. So self-esteem is more those like ebbs and flows and they're like, oh, I'm feeling really confident or feeling really good within myself. That self-esteem is high, but also at other times, if you're nervous, if you're feeling anxious, if you feel like you've messed something up, you might notice that your self-esteem is feeling a little lower or it's taken a bit of a hit. And now let's have a look at self-confidence and what the difference is between these two and self-confidence. So confidence is related to, this type of confidence, sorry, is related to specific areas. This is your confidence in your ability to do something. So as an example, this could be a sport, your career, a skill that you have, maybe you like doing art, it's maybe potentially a skill that you have in a certain exercise or celebrities you would say have a skill in their preferred chosen talent that they have so acting dancing 
modeling, whatever it is that they do. Building your level of self-confidence can build your can build your self-worth, but only if you build your confidence in things that really matter to you and are meaningful to you. And I thought that that was really interesting when I was reading that and when I found that definition because we need to find things that are meaningful to us. And I think this is where we find some influences or some people that feel like they need a break from social media. Maybe they feel very depleted or uh, I don't know, they just feel like they've got to have a bit of a break from the online world. And like obviously for many different reasons, but one of those reasons can be that if they're not showing up really authentically as themselves, they may have a sense of self-confidence for who or what they're portraying on social media or what they're doing on social media. But if that's not really authentic to them and it's not meaningful to them, then that can feel really exhausting and really draining as well. So that's, I guess, like one type of example. But another example I can think of would maybe be, say, for example, in the movies, you know, you see that typical like um, high school movie where the dad really wants the child, like the son to succeed in football. And so he's really pushing him to be a football player and he's training all the time. And the dad's really proud of him and really excited. But the child is like, not, I mean, like, yes, feeling confident, but not feeling that sense of meaning and purpose that comes from that thing if it's not what they're super passionate about. And, you know, then I guess the classic movie line would go along them trying to find their path and veer off what their dad wants them to do, all that kind of stuff. So self-confidence is related to a specific area. So you might notice that, oh yeah, I feel really confident at um, doing Pilates because I've been doing Pilates classes for three years and I feel that sense of like achievement and accomplishment and purpose and like I feel like I know what I'm doing there and that helps me to feel really good whereas maybe say for example if you're a brand new mom and you've got like a two-day-old baby your self-confidence in that area of being a mom may feel a little low at the time because it's like whoa I'm learning all of these new things I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing like I'm trying to just get my feet so yeah self-confidence is a really interesting one But I think if there's one takeaway that you get from that whole idea of self-confidence is that you are going to feel the best version of you when you are focusing on the things that are really meaningful and matter to you with regards to like the skills or the things that you can do. And when you can find things like that, I guess that's kind of also what we talk about with that sense of engagement and flow when we talk about positive psychology that when you can find an activity or a thing like something that you can do for yourself that gives you that sense of engagement and flow where you lose track of time like you could be doing that thing for half an hour an hour and then you look at your clock and you're like whoa a whole hour has just gone past and I haven't been thinking about what I need to be cooking for dinner or what I'm doing tonight or what's happening next weekend that's that real sense of engagement and flow so if you have any tasks or things like that that are meaningful to you and you can do them regularly that is going to build your self-confidence so self-esteem like I said is more that surface level and it's how you really think and feel about yourself day to day that self-worth is your sense your feeling of value that belief inside you that you feel like you are an important person that you're important to yourself, that you're important in the world, like it's important for you to be here. You have a sense of meaning and purpose in the world and that you are lovable. It's really that like sense of worthiness that you can feel as a human being. So now that we've differentiated between 
all three of those things, we can see that they're definitely similar for sure, but there is quite subtle differences in them as well. So let's have a look at how society actually measures self-worth, how it's normally measured at the moment. And you may be able to identify with some of these or recognize some of these maybe coming up for you now or things that you have previously placed importance in. And it's not that these things aren't important at all. Like if you feel like, oh, but that does matter to me, that's great. That's a thing that you know then that you do have a passion around or that you do find interesting or intriguing in your life. But the thing is with each of these things, yes, we can place a focus on them, but we don't want them to be the only focus. We don't want them to be the biggest or the sole focus because that's when we're really going to be focusing on really that self-confidence aspect of just being one area or like a skill rather than the self-esteem and self-worth with building that innate sense of feeling of who you are and loving that person of who you are, no matter what, like no matter what changes around you, no matter what labels that you have. And I'll explain what I mean by that as I'm going through these as well. So the first one that we have, which is probably pretty obvious and self-explanatory, is our appearance. And this is a big one in society, I think, even just like thinking about social media these days. And there's some beautiful, beautiful accounts on there. And please don't get me wrong, I love social media. And I mean, if you guys follow me on social media, you would know that I'm on there quite a lot. It's not that I think people should not be using social media, but I think the thing with these, all of these things is we just need to be wary of and notice how much value and am I placing in these things in my life? How much value do I place in my appearance? And if that was to change for some reason, if you get a haircut and you hate it, for example, are you then going to hate yourself for the next six months until your hair starts to grow out a little bit more? Or can you realize that, okay, this is just my hair. It doesn't change who I am as a person. I'm still me inside. And that's what I respect. That's what I love. And that's what other people love about me as well. So that's really that sense of, that's the difference between self-confidence and self-worth. If you were to go and get a haircut that you loved, you might be walking around thinking like, oh my gosh, like I feel so great. I love my new hair. That's self-confidence. Self-worth is getting the haircut that you hate, but knowing that it doesn't actually change the person that you are as a whole. You are still you and you're still worthy no matter what you actually look like on the outside. So that's our first one, how self-worth is normally measured. We've got appearance. Next one that we have is career. So when I talk about labels, this is one of the biggest ones that we can identify with and carry with us throughout our life. So it's very common for most people to go through school and like, you know, you've got your daycare, your primary school, your high school, do some type of potential study after that or go into work after that and build a career. Whether that means that you have 20 different jobs before you find the career that you like, like me, or whether that means that you feel like you've got that sense of knowing what you want to do and going to uni and continuing on through that through your career. But what we find is we build such a sense of self around our career and what we do for work, what we do with our time outside of the home, that when that, not if, but when that changes or looks different, maybe it means that you get retrenched or you get let go or you are applying for other jobs or you get a, what's the word? Um, 
you know, promotion. Oh my gosh, my brain just absolutely stopped working for a second there. (laughs) You get a promotion or you move areas in your team. So many different changes that we can have within our career. And if we are so cemented in who we are, what we do, the things that our job entails, and then that changes in some way and looks and feels different, that can be very confronting. And one of the biggest ways that I have noticed that coming up for me personally, of course, is having two kids in the last three years. And I've gone from, you know, working multiple jobs since I was basically 15 when I finished school to being on maternity leave and not working physically, so to speak, in the working space and being on maternity leave and raising children, that was a huge, huge shift for me. And I know for a lot of women, that is also another big shift. And then we also go through another shift when we go back into the workplace. And maybe that looks different. Maybe you're not working as many hours as what you used to, or you're in a different position, or you've left your role altogether and you've started somewhere new. So a label that we have for ourselves or that we hold for ourselves, a big one is our career. And what we want to do is we want to create flexibility within this and recognize that, okay, yes, this is part of me. This is part of who I am, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't make me who I am and it doesn't have to define or come into your sense of worth or worthiness within the world. You could be doing anything for your career and you would still feel worthy because at the end of the day, you are still you no matter what it is that you're doing for work. So the next one that we have is pretty obvious as well, material possessions, income and finances. So again, this is a big way that society values self-worth or measures self-worth. The material possessions that we have, our income and the money that we make, the finances that we have, all of that kind of stuff. So I don't even need to go into that. That one's really self-explanatory. Another one that we have is our achievements. So the things that we've done, the things that we're trying to do. And again, achievements aren't a bad thing. Like having a career isn't a bad thing. Caring about your appearance and what you look like, if that's your thing and that you're into that, that's not a bad thing. Like having material possessions and having finances so that you feel safe and comfortable and happy. These are not all inherently bad things, but we want to expand our way that we look at ourselves and where we are getting our worth from because if it's only from these things that's when it starts to become difficult it's not as flexible it's not as fluid and it feels harder so achievements because also at the end of the day like achievements is one of those ones where it's like okay I'm going to set myself a goal and let's say I don't know you set yourself a goal I'm going to set myself a goal over the next few months that I would like to be able to run 5k's again And that's my goal. And then what happens when I start to get closer to that goal over the next few months is that I'm like, okay, cool. I'm getting closer. What what am I going to do now after this though? Like what's my next fitness goal after this? And maybe I'm then including more Pilates classes or doing, I don't know, like a weights class or starting at 45 or I don't know, whatever it is. But you know exactly what I mean. When you think about a goal that you set for yourself, whether it's financial or you want to go on a holiday or you want to buy a house or whatever the thing is, okay, that's my goal. And you start to get closer and closer. You're taking action. You're feeling good. But as you start to get closer, you realize, oh, like I want to push myself a little bit more. Our achievements sometimes can mean that we're always chasing that next thing. We're not happy with, okay, just like being appreciative and proud of what we have right now and what we are already doing. 
So that can be like each of these things has its strengths and its limitations. And that's one of the limitations of focusing overly on our achievements. Now, another sense of self-worth that can be measured in society is our social circles and relationships. So again, that's probably a big one on social media, but also you would notice that if you look at the schoolyard, if you have school-aged children, you would definitely be able to see those like social cliques that the kids can get in and their groups that they can get in. But that is in no way to say that that stops as you become an adult either. So you may have different friendship groups from different you know things that you've done I know I have like my core friends and I love them but then I've got other friends from say like growing up and doing nippers and through the surf club when I was younger or netball and all of that kind of stuff so we can as a society place a a sense of self-worth or a sense of status in our social circles and relationships that we have or that we feel like we don't have. So this can also be one that can relate to people that if they're not in a relationship, but they really wish that they were, that can be a big one that can play a big part in how that person feels. But also on the other side of that, a strengthening side of that would be if somebody is not in a relationship, but they feel really good about that, they're proud of themselves for I don't know, sticking up for themselves or putting themselves first or not settling, all that kind of stuff, and they are enjoying not being in a relationship, then that would be something that feels really strengthening for them. So normally now what I would do if you were in the, uh, the workshop and working through the workbook, with workbook, sorry, oh my gosh, my words are just getting all tangled and I'm telling you mum brain is still a thing (laughs) two and a half years on Uh, so what I would do is run you through these and then get you to do a little bit of journaling so if you would like to pause the podcast if you're not driving uh, and just have a little bit of a think about and journal on which of these do I recognize I place importance in or have previously placed importance in in the past so another question that you could ask yourself around that is also why so okay maybe I notice appearance or career or social circles and relationships and I have placed importance in that before but why like what was going on for me in my life there why did that feel important what were maybe potentially the outside factors or environmental factors that were coming into play for that for you as well So that's an interesting one to think about. Have a little bit of a journal on if you would like to. And if you are back and you finish your journaling, then let's have a look at some of the signs that may indicate that you are feeling like you've got a low sense of self-worth. So I'm just going to run through these really quickly. It could be not accepting compliments that might feel very uncomfortable for you. It could be pushing your boundaries, so saying yes to things because you feel like you have to or you should, finding it difficult to say no to people. It could be negative self-talk and show up for you as really feeling quite negative about certain maybe aspects of your body or yourself or just speaking down to yourself, feeling like you're not good enough, all of those types of things that those real classic negative self-talk areas that we can notice coming up for ourselves. Another uh, another one, sorry, is self-destructive habits. So that can be, I like to call them also distraction techniques. So it could be distracting yourself from maybe some big feelings or some hard feelings with a glass of wine, maybe scrolling on social media, binging on Netflix. And again, these are not things that I'm going to tell you to cut out altogether and to not do anymore, but we want to create awareness around the intention that we have when we are using these things and making sure that we're using them for the right reasons instead of 
numbing ourselves and distracting ourselves from how we're actually feeling. Another sign of low self-worth is also lack of self-care and under-prioritizing yourself putting other people first, not feeling like you're important enough, feeling like everybody else's needs and wants are more important than your own, or just in general feeling really busy and even sometimes leaning towards that, like I'm actually feeling quite burnt out now as well. So again, if you were part of this workshop, what I would encourage you to do now, I would pause and I would get you to journal on which of these do I recognize coming up for me, maybe now or recently or in the past, which of any of these signs of low self-worth do I notice coming up for me? Have I noticed for me in the past? Or is there maybe even something else? Like what's that trigger point for you that you notice? Oh, if I'm doing this thing or if I'm not doing this thing, this is an indicator for me that I'm not feeling great about myself, that I am having a sense of low self-worth, low self-esteem because I notice this or this coming up for me at the moment. So push pause if you like, again, if you're not um, driving or walking or whatever, and have a little bit of a journal around how you can, moving forwards, notice some of your indicators of feeling low self-worth. And now if you're back, if you have done some journaling, let's actually now have a look at six ways that you can start to increase your self-worth. So first of all, very first of all, we are going to let go of those external measures. So like we were talking about before, that could be like that real focus on career, potential focus on finances or things, materialistic things. So yes, focus on them. Like it doesn't mean you've got to let them go altogether, but not have them as the sole importance of life. They can play a part in your happiness, but these things are not who you are as a person. So it's funny, let's say, for example, if you think about your career and let's say someone is a police officer. I don't know, that's the first thing that came to my mind. And they were to introduce themselves and they would say, oh, hi, I'm blah, 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 whatever my name is, Steve, um, and if someone said, oh, it's like, tell me a bit about yourself, Steve. What do you do with yourself? One of the first things that Steve may say is, oh, I'm a police officer. I work at, I don't know, Gosford Police Station. Who knows? And you can see that that sense of self is really starting to be identified and pointed out straight away. Because for a lot of us, one of the first things that we will explain ourselves as or with is what we do for work or our career. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I just said, it, they can play a part in your happiness and your day-to-day -day life, of course, but this is not who you are as a person. Yes, you might work as a police officer, Steve, down at Gosford Police Station, but that's not who you are. It's an aspect of you. It can be part of you. But the thing with all of these is if one of these things or some of these things gets taken away, these like, this is your levels of identity. Your sense of self is your identity and who you think that you are, the things that you know about yourself, the things that you like about yourself, the things you don't like, like knowing the foods that you like, the colors that you like, the activities that you like to do, the thing, the hobbies that you have, your, what your self-care is, like the things that light you up, the people that you enjoy spending time with, all of those things. That is all part of your identity and things that you know about, your, about yourself. But what we also know is those levels and layers of identity that we have and things that we know about ourselves, 
they are going to change. They're going to ebb and flow over time. And that's normal. That happens to every single person. But let's say, for example, you do lose your job and that's a big part of your identity. We want to make sure that you still have all of your other layers of identity intact and as a focus so that, yes, it may feel difficult and confronting and a little bit weird if you're like, whoa, I've been doing this job for 10 years and now I'm not doing it anymore. Yes, that's going to be an adjustment, but it's not going to be the end of you know everything if you know that you have other things that you can focus on as well and you get your sense of self-worth and self-esteem and self-confidence from multiple different areas in your life. So that's letting go of or not holding on as tightly to those external measures that you have. The next one that I have is setting goals, taking action and having midpoints. Now, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. So setting goals means that we have a focus on accomplishment and achievement and also meaning and purpose, which again is part of positive psychology. But the important part here is having check-in points so that you don't get stuck in that I'll be happy when mindset. That you've got those points along the way that you're like, oh yeah, I have been doing this or I have been feeling like this or yes, I am getting closer to my goal. And being proud of that instead of that only being a point that you're like, okay, well, what's my next thing? Like, I'll be happy when it's Friday and the end of the week is finished. And then I'll be happy when it's Saturday because the weather's going to be nice and I'm going for a walk and going and grabbing a coffee. And then I'll be happy when it's Saturday night because I'm going to go and have a drink and dinner with my friends. I'll be happy when it's Sunday and my house is clean and then we're back to Monday and it all starts all over again. Focus on the small things. And this is why I'm really big on intentional routines during your days as well and taking action in small ways every single day on things that you know that you enjoy because it means that there's more of these moments that you can check in with yourself, that you feel that sense of meaning and purpose within your day. If it's working towards a goal that you have, whether it's big or small, long-term or short-term, that you're getting that sense of accomplishment and achievement more regularly as well, not only when you're achieving the end goal, but all of the moments along the way as well. So having those midpoints to move away from that I'll be happy when mindset. Number three is letting go of comparison. Now, this one, it's a hard one, right? I've done a few podcast episodes on comparison and it's a habit that your brain has and it's probably a habit that your brain has had for years and years and years. So it's not something that we're just going to be able to stop doing altogether. But what we do want to do is to start to create some awareness that there is probably certain people or things like social media that brings up comparison, whether that is you're comparing to somebody else or something else, or you're comparing yourself, you're comparing to what you, where you think you should be, where you think you should be at, things you think that you should have, or an old version of you. So that could look like, you know, looking back at photos from five years ago and thinking, oh gosh, I was so thin back then, or I, I had this thing back then and I don't have that now and I wish I did. All of that kind of stuff, that's comparison to the previous version of yourself. And of course, that's not going to feel good. So creating that awareness, knowing what those like certain people or social media, like what are those trigger points for you, reducing those distractions. So if it is social media, for example, and there's a certain account that you know, you look at that account and you think, oh, I wish I had that, or I wish I had that, what that person has, or I wish I felt how that person does. 
get rid of them. Stop following them. If it's a friend and you want to keep following them and you don't want them to know you've unfollowed, just mute them from coming up. You have the power to control everything that you are exposed to with your information diet. So when you're thinking about your information diet, what are you actively consuming every single day? And if that doesn't feel good for you, stop consuming it. So instead, what you can do is ask yourself, do my actions and habits align with the person that I want to be? And you can see what that does is it brings the responsibility for your life back to you. Instead of having that outward focus, and again, we're never going to get rid of comparison altogether. It's a natural human instinct, but... What we can do is we can notice that it's happening and when it doesn't feel good and we can reduce that with our distractions. But also we can really just bring that focus back to ourselves of like, hang on a second, I don't need to be focusing on what Sally's doing over there with her life and what how many friends she's got or how many, I don't know, how much money she has or how many kids she has, I don't know, whatever the thing is that you're placing on a pedestal. Focus back on you. What am I doing to make my life the life that I want to be living instead of focusing on other people's? Do my habits and actions align with the person that I want to be? So that's number three. Number four, we are going to be moving on to letting go of other people's thoughts, feelings, and opinions. So you will know, I talk about this a lot, but other people's opinions and achievements, all of that stuff, it doesn't matter because it's not yours. That's their life. That's what they want to be doing. That's what they want to be achieving or that's their opinions and perspectives that they have and that's fine. But again, bring the focus back to you. Ask yourself, what do I want? How do I want to feel? Not what does that person want? What does that person have? Maybe that's what I want. Maybe that's how I want to feel. No maybes. Start to get back in touch with yourself again. What is it that I want? How do I want to feel? What does that look like for me? How can I move towards that feeling specifically for me? Not for anybody else, but for me. And that's really building up that sense of respect and trust and love for yourself as well, because you're showing yourself that you can regularly check in with yourself, that you can be comfortable enough to question and go deeper, be open and vulnerable with yourself and think about like, where do I want to be? How do I want to be feeling? Use tools like the feelings wheel if that feels like a hard question to answer and really show up for yourself. Alrighty, second last one we have is conquering your inner critic. Now again, this is potentially one that has maybe been a habit for years and years and years for your brain. So not one that's going to simply just switch your fingers or what is it, click your fingers and change but what we can do is first of all we're going to start to create some awareness when do you notice your inner critic coming up for you then what we are going to do is separate yourself from your inner critic so the way that we can do that is I have a reframe for you so as an example you may have a thought like oh I got that wrong again I'm so stupid a reframe that we can bring in is okay I might not necessarily be good at this but it doesn't mean that I'm stupid. I might not necessarily be at the level that I want to be at with this skill or this thing, but it doesn't mean that I'm terrible. It doesn't mean that I'm bad. That doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me bad as a human being just because I haven't reached my goal level of skill mastery at this thing. So think about what is it that your inner critic is saying to you Is there a certain topic that you notice it coming up around? Is there certain sentences or sayings? 
that you notice that comes around that that come around regularly or that feel like repeating patterns what could a reframe be for you around that validating that okay maybe you're not exactly where you would like to be but also that's okay you don't need to be so my reframe like i said in that example i might not be good at this but it doesn't mean that i'm stupid Create that validation for yourself instead of looking for it outwards of yourself. And then our very last one that we have and one that I've got a lot of episodes on, I think there's probably four or five episodes, is creating a strong sense of identity. So asking yourself questions, and I was talking about these before, what am I good at? What are my strengths? What do I like? What challenges have I overcome? What am I proud of? How have I helped other people? What are your I am statements? If you were to introduce yourself, you would say, hi, my name is whatever your name is and I am. And what are the I am things that come after that? So for me, like, hi, I'm Amy. Uh, I'm a emotional intelligence and well-being coach. I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I, you know, I am all of these things. Um, or I like is other statements that you can bring in, the things that you know that you like, the things you know that you don't like, all of that kind of stuff. That's really starting to build that base of an identity for yourself and knowing who you are. And if you're feeling a little bit stuck with that, so definitely if you're a mum, go back and listen to the previous episode 122. But if you search identity, there is, like I said, probably four or five other podcast episodes specifically on getting strong within your sense of self and your identity that you have for yourself who you feel like you are because it's a very very big question and that is the end of this workshop that I would have been running so what I would normally do in that workshop then is give you some time and space to think about those six tools in increasing your self-worth and what you would like to be focusing on whether it's every single one of them or whether it's one or two of them what that specifically is going to look like for you and so then in the workshop we would have a bit of a kind of discussion with everybody that's on about like what really resonated with you what sat with you what did you need to hear is there anything that you think's made a difference for you all of that kind of stuff and it's just a really beautiful space to be able to share with each other if people feel like they want to and just a really nice experience to be able to jump on and get that sense of like connection and community with other people as well when that can feel a bit hard when we're in the midst of like life just being so busy again after everything. So yeah, that's like I said, a little sneak peek into what one of my workshops is that I have run over the last few months with BU Happiness College. And if, as I've been talking and you're kind of like interested or intrigued into how coaching works, definitely please reach out and let me know. Um, my inbox is always open for you, whether that's over on Instagram or Facebook, or you get my email address through my Instagram or on my website. However you would like to get in contact with me, please don't hesitate. I know that reaching out can be the hardest step and it feels really hard, but there's no judgment. It's such a safe space for you to ask as many questions as you like. And yeah, self-worth and self-esteem is just such a huge topic. And I hope that there's at least one or two things that you feel like you have been able to take away from today. And of course, like I said, if you have any questions, please reach out. If you have any ideas for any future podcast episode topics that you would like, definitely let me know. If you've got any recommendations, let me know and I can share them on the pod. So anything at all. Thank you so much for being back to my first, I'm going to call it like season two. This is like season two of the Nourishing Amy podcast. Season one went for a few years. We've had a little break. There's been a hiatus. 
spring has sprung. It's the perfect time of year to be relaunching the podcast and I appreciate every single one of you being on board here with me again. Thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode. If you liked this episode, I would love for you to screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You guys have no idea how much that absolutely makes my day. I get such a big smile on my face. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today and I hope that you have gotten something from this episode. If you want to hang out more, you can search the Nourishing Amy podcast community in Facebook and come and join our group. We're talking all things life, love, overwhelm and everything in between. You can share your funny memes, your stories and all of the life stuff. If you would like to get in contact with me, please don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me a message on Instagram. You can find me at Amy underscore Rankin. Last but not least, it really helps to support my podcast when you subscribe and leave a review on whatever app it is that you listen to this podcast on. I am just a little independent podcaster and every subscribe and review helps my podcast to be seen and heard by more people and to help more people get their sparkle back. Thank you again so much for being with me and have a fantastic day.